Hey there, welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Nari. I like to talk health and well-being every Monday and Thursday. If you're new, welcome. Please consider subscribing and sharing. Yes, tell people who you think might get value from this series. And a reminder, Happy Habits for Mind and Body. My book is available on Amazon. It's available in softback, ebook, and audiobook formats. I'm of the mind that the best time to start a new habit, routine or regimen is now. But I do concede that many people will embark on the new year and see it as an opportune time to establish new habits, having gotten the Christmas and New Year festivities out of the way. In my mind, it's better late than not at all. So let's take a look at some things we can do be it now or in the coming weeks, that can help us move along that progress scale in the direction of our desired goal. At the outset, there's absolutely no need to be daunted by any new habit, practice, routine or regimen that one adopts. Nobody can be expected to become an expert in a new skill overnight and this applies to becoming fitter, speaking a new language, losing weight, becoming a better listener, decluttering one's home. Any new habit we adopt must be tackled consistently over time to really see results. As I said in a recent episode, you are really only looking for a a 0.1% improvement each day, which over 100 days or three months would yield a 10% improvement in one year. That amounts to a 40% improvement, which is a huge figure in relative terms. And if you continue your consistent application to your new habit, you'll see that figure double to 80% improvement in year two and so on. When adopting any new habit... Focus only on the immediate time frame, the short term, that which is in front of you, that which is under your control. And the long term will absolutely look after itself. If you hold true to this mindset, adopting and subsequently perfecting new habits should not be daunting but exciting. Perhaps you're wondering about what it is you can do, what happy habits can you incorporate into your life such that you are a better version of yourself this time next year. Well, let me give you some suggestions that may provide food for thought. In no particular order, start having cold showers. I'm coming up on five and a half years of having cold showers and uh, I still think having them is a worthwhile pursuit. I've spoken before about the health benefits of cold showers like boosting the immune system and mood. But more than anything, I see cold showers as a real world metaphor for life's discomfort. Even after all this time, taking a cold shower still makes me uncomfortable mentally and physically. And this goes against much of modern life, which allows us to seek comfort and indulgence at every turn. But being human means one will inevitably be exposed to discomfort through life's challenges and traumas and and to change, which can be very difficult to deal with. So in a small way, exposing myself to cold water each day helps me hone my ability to cope with mental and physical discomfort ever so slightly. It allows me to control my response to the fear of exposing myself to that cold water and to the feeling my body experiences while I'm exposing myself to those cold waters. It's such a simple thing to do and over time will absolutely help to build your resilience and confidence in your abilities to withstand discomfort. It has to be said, one can go even further in one's pursuit of cold water exposure because I firmly believe ice baths are an even greater test than 
cold showers. With ice baths, the water temperature will be even lower again and you're immersing yourself completely under that cold water. The degree of discomfort will be greater, but so too the feeling of euphoria when one has completed one session of cold water immersion. Now, not everyone has access to an ice bath, so cold water showers are the next best thing. The neuroscientist Andrew Huberman recently cited one research paper suggesting that the optimum time one should expose yourself to cold water was 11 minutes over the course of a full week. This equates to a mere 90 seconds per day under the cold water of a cold shower, which is very, very doable. The second habit I can recommend adopting for the new year is to move. I don't care what it is you decide to do to move, but just make sure you move more in 2023 than you did in 2022. Our bodies were designed to move and move constantly. At no time in history have we been more sedentary than we are today. When I see adverts for fast food and see fast food couriers laden down with their food parcels, I'm reminded of the humans from that animated movie from a few years ago. Do you remember Wally? And in it, the humans are so out of shape that they can no longer walk and get around using hover chairs. Those images have the potential to be disturbingly accurate in the years to come. Let's not sugarcoat things. If you are out of shape, your risk of all-cause mortality rises dramatically. You are more inclined to suffer chronic illness, both mental and physical. It's highly likely that you will die sooner than the person who engages in physical movement on a daily basis, even though you may be the same age and have a similar diet. Moving is vital for every organ in the body because of the cardiovascular benefits it conveys. When we are moving, our heart, lungs, circulatory system, blood pressure and vital organs all benefit. So the more often we move, the more often we boost our bodies systemically. And when I say moving, I don't mean running a marathon. I'm talking about something as simple as walking. It's so undervalued as a means of movement. But its benefits can't be overstated. The 10,000 steps a day figure has been bandied about in recent years. Depending on the length of your stride, 10,000 steps equates to 10 kilometres or 6 miles, give or take. If you're walking 10 kilometres a day every day, your body and mind will absolutely benefit. And that's before you even contemplate tackling what food you're eating. I talk about walking so much because it's such an easy starting point when it comes to embracing more movement in one's life. By all means, if you have the desire and the capacity to run, play tennis, swim, cycle, play football, then absolutely do so. But if you haven't walked further than a couple of miles in years, then focusing on walking is a great way to start to move more in 2023. Movement doesn't just help our bodies, it calms the mind. We all feel better mentally after going for a walk. The great comedian and actor Bob Hope lived to be 100 years of age and up to his final years he always went for a walk before bedtime. Walking gives our minds space to work on problems and issues of concern. The act of walking itself gives us physical control when we feel we don't have control over events in our lives. How often have we all gone out for fresh air and taken a walk to ease our mental troubles? Similarly, vigorous exercise is an amazing stress buster, whether you choose to go to the gym or play a game of basketball. 
Movement has so many benefits for you to embrace. So move more in 2023. One habit that I and everyone else can adopt in 2023 is to stop complaining. Yes, the human brain is drawn to the negative. Primarily because of an inbuilt evolutionary drive to be aware of dangers in order to maximise our chances of survival. But modern life has seen people gorge on negativity. Media, print, digital, social media, all to some degree or other thrive on our morbid fascination with things that vex us and annoy us. The more we indulge our penchant for negativity, the better we get at it the more often we do it. Remember, we are what we think on a daily basis and we become what we consistently do. There's also the maxim that practice makes perfect. So if we spend our time looking for things to complain about and criticising and highlighting the negative, then we create a negative bias in our minds. We then programme ourselves to look just for things that conform to our definition of negativity. Pretty soon, we spend all of our waking moments steeped in negativity, complaining and moaning and seeing the glass as half empty. This is unhealthy, and nobody wants to spend time with someone who moans all the time. So visualise a stop sign when you start moaning and actively seek to replace criticisms with compliments or observations of positive things. Like, that tree is beautiful. Haven't they done a great job designing that building? Isn't that outfit gorgeous? Doesn't the food here taste fantastic? All of these little observations should be merited, of course. But the idea is to look for the good, and you will find it in the same way as you look for the bad. In addition, curate your social media feed such that you are showered with good news stories. Watch uplifting YouTube clips some comedy, feel-good stories. Remember, part of the draw to negative stories is an addiction to the stress hormones and dopamine they prompt in us. But the downside of this is stress, which can be long-term if we indulge this day in and day out for years. And we know the negative effects of long-term stress. If you practice looking for the positive, you will become the positive. One of the great authorities on the negative effects of sugar on the human body is Robert Lustig. I first happened upon a lecture of his online about 20 years ago, and his message is the same now as it was then. Sugar, that is the highly processed sugar, which is the main constituent of ultra-processed foods, is poison to the body. Be sure that if food is man-made, it's got sugar added, and... Why add sugar? Well, because the food manufacturers know that the brain loves sugar. We are tricked into consuming a food by virtue of the sugar content within. I remember being stunned that even humble tomato ketchup was laden with sugar by the manufacturers. Yes, even tomato sauce hasn't escaped food manufacturers' paws. Why? Well, because the sweeter something is, the more of it we will consume, and the bigger the profits for the the companies involved. Food companies will try any trick in the book to get you to buy more of their product. Now, yes, there are some regulations that have seen the banning of certain additives and e-numbers and very patently dangerous ingredients. This is to seemingly safeguard our health and welfare, but... And this is a big but, this applies to ingredients that are proven to be especially toxic or dangerous in the short term. 
Sugar, however, slips through the net. In the short term, you can eat sugar with abandon and there's no discernible negative effects from one day to the next. It's over the longer term, however, that the regular consumption of ultra-high processed foods laden with processed sugar really does the damage. Now, yes, you've heard this before. Diabetes, high blood pressure, liver problems, heart problems, stroke, cancer, obesity. But the responsibility is totally yours as to what you put into your body. Do not be taken in by the claims on food packets that what you're eating is healthy. You must do your own due diligence. You are what you eat. If you're eating fast food regularly, the chances are your health will suffer. Man-made food is generally not healthy. So, as often as possible, aim to eat natural food. Food which I like to call perishable. Not laden down with so many chemicals and preservatives that it literally never expires. So my advice is to resolve to cut back on your consumption of sugar in 2023. This will inevitably lead to your cutting back on consuming ultra-processed foods that are also high in trans fats and salt too. Less salt will help your blood pressure and mean you're less bloated because you won't be retaining as much water either. Sugar, though, sugar is the real evil here. Now, I'm not suggesting that you live like a monk, but think about it. Go back 500 years. The only sugar people had access to back then was fruit or fermented foods. These would have been very few and very far between. Yet today, walk into any supermarket and you have access to literally thousands of foodstuffs of every variety, all laden with sugar. Our bodies simply are not designed to cope with such unnatural sugar. Put your health first in 2023 and consider reducing your sugar intake. Another habit to consider adopting is to communicate better in 2023. Communication is so fundamental to human existence. Good communication is the bedrock of any healthy relationship. When it goes by the wayside, arguments and misunderstandings result and relationships can sometimes end. And all because of a failure to communicate. Communicating is like oxygen. If we don't engage or communicate, we starve the dialogue of oxygen. Be open, be honest, communicate with others. Too often people are afraid of communicating because doing so will make them feel uncomfortable. But remember, it's through discomfort that growth and change can result. Communicate with that friend, that boss, that family member. Share with them your thoughts and feelings. If you're not happy with something at work, say it to your boss. Express how you feel and state the facts. Same with any friendship. State how you feel. State the facts. If you believe that your friendship has suffered of late due to some grievance or misunderstanding, even when times are good, communicate, say thank you, pay a partner a compliment with no strings attached, and most importantly, and often ignored, listen. A fundamental part of communicating with someone is to listen to what they have to say. When you listen, you show compassion and empathy. People respond to this positively because they know they're being heard. And sometimes that's all people want. So in the upcoming year, resolve to clam up less, express your thoughts and feelings more and to listen to others more as you resolve to become a better communicator. 
Well, there you have it. Nothing major, just a few habits that you can consider adopting in the upcoming year, 2023. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 